It's lovely to be together today, isn't it? He alone. They're two of the most powerful words that we could believe in. He alone. He alone. And if if we go away with anything this morning, believing that he alone, coming to that point where it's just Jesus, then I think something amazing has happened in my life and yours. Father, we thank you. Thank you that we've worshipped you and thank you, Lord, that this wonderful salvation belongs to our God. And thank you, Father, that for your word, and I pray, Father, as we read it, it would be your word that, Father, helps to transform us, that we would know the truth and the truth shall set us free. Amen. It's a huge privilege to to be with you and share the word of the Lord. And as Oliver said, that we're going to read the story of Naaman. It's in 2 Kings chapter, chapter 5. Is it chapter 5? Yeah. 2 Kings 5, 1 to 19. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master could see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Arams replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read... This letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? What does this fellow send me someone... Sorry, why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him. to Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. 
Are not Abana and and Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you have done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know there is a God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives who I am served, I will not accept a thing, even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimon to bow down, and he is leaning on my arm, and I have to bow, bow there also. When I bow down in the temple of Rimon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. Go in peace, Elisha said. Before I, I share some, some thoughts on this, this word, I, um, Karen and I were with Ian and Andrea on uh, Thursday. And we had a lovely time with them in South Benfleet. And they wanted us personally to, to, uh, to send you their love and uh, their thoughts and uh, to let you know that they're doing okay and they're, they're settling well. It's an amazing story, this. Most of you have heard it many times and you've heard it preached on a number of times. Within it is a wonderful, life-changing truth. I can talk about a slave girl, but I'm not. I could talk about Elisha's servant, but I'm not. I could talk about Naaman's servants, but I'm not. I could talk about Naaman's uh, Elisha, a great prophet, but no. I could talk about Naaman, but I'm not going to. I want to speak about God. Because this is not just a story about healing, but a picture of salvation and God's amazing grace. It is the most minor story with the most major impact. There is no greater story than the good news of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm not hijacking the passage to preach the gospel, but the story of Naaman is about the grace of God, the lost estate of man and God's restoration. It's a story of love and amazing grace. God reaches out to a man who was far from him, in fact, an enemy, 
living in utter darkness. Naaman was a big shot, a captain of the army of the king of Aram. An authority only second to the king, respected, successful, wealthy and valiant. And through Naaman, the Lord had given victory to Aram. It says, but he was a leper. But. And today God wants to deal with the but in your life and my life. He was everything a man could be, but. He was a leper. If you think about yourself, maybe there is a but. That you are all that you are. But you carry a but around with you. Something that pulls you down, something that's always with you, something that nags at you. And God doesn't want you to carry it. The Hebrew root of the name Naaman means delightful, pleasant. Beautiful, well-formed. Hebrew names had significance. No doubt he was a beautiful baby. A handsome man. At least that was before his leprosy. Naaman is a type of Adam. God looked at Adam and said of him, it's very good. Perfect, delightful in God's sight. Naaman was once delightful, but no longer. He was a leper. Adam became leprous with sin. And as a result, all mankind was born into leprosy. Naaman's problem was simple. He was a leper. A leper was considered unclean. He lived in isolation. In biblical times, leprosy was incurable. Similarly, the cause of sin is incurable. Mankind has no answer. Sin separates, it isolates us from God. And even from close fellowship with people. Leprosy, like sin, is unseen until it breaks out and its evidence becomes obvious. Leprosy deadens the nerves in the affected area, so it's not painful. But it keeps its victim in isolation, miserable, frustrated. And as they experience the stigma of the disease, unattended it spreads. You can see the parallels. Sin, ongoing sin, sears our conscience. We read about that in Romans 1. Steals our joy and brings a living death, destroying the pleasantness and beauty God intended. It deforms us by degree. Interestingly, in Scripture, leprosy is never healed, only cleansed what a tragic picture 
just what you've come to hear on a Sunday morning. But wait, that is the bad news. Now let me tell you the good news. Let me talk about grace. And this is peppered with hallelujahs. The wonderful, undeserved, unrelentless grace of God. We gaze upon the tragic figure of Naaman with leprosy. But there's a second but. Said, but he had leprosy. But there was a slave girl. Hallelujah. But there was a slave girl that was going to make all the difference. Captive in a foreign land, far away. And God's eyes were upon her. God looked for a credible messenger. A young girl, humble, obedient. Probably despised, of no value. Living under difficult circumstances. Though insignificant, she knew Yahweh, who alone could heal Naaman. God looked at her lowly estate just like he did of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and used her to confound the wise and mighty. The two kings, the king of Aram, Syria, and the king of Israel, had no idea. They were, they were lost. They would use their wealth, power, position. In the end, they were plagued with fear. Naaman had the resources, the wherewithal and power to sort out every issue in life. He had contacts, even the king's ear. He was now powerless. His leprous hand holding on to worthless money. Money, power and wealth could no longer help him. Is that not true of you and me? It is only God's grace and power that can meet our deepest needs. Hallelujah. And I mean that hallelujah. Because whatever your need is, whatever the but is in your life, the answer is in God's grace. And his power if Naaman represents mankind, Elisha is the type of Christ. He is aware what is happening. And he says to the king, let the man come to me. Hallelujah. Christ says, let Ian come to me. Let your name come to me. Let them come. Let them come. It's Jesus' words to you and me this morning. Come unto me, you who are weary and, and heavy laden. Naaman is you and me in need of Jesus. 
The Lord was using Naaman's leprosy so that he would know that there is a prophet in Israel. For us to know there is a saviour and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Naaman finds himself on Elisha's doorstep. Naaman in his chariot with his fine horses, with his gold and silver and smart clothes, standing in front of the prophet's house, impoverished by Naaman's standards. Naaman was a proud man. Like us, he carried his butt around with him. But God could not bless him because he was full of pride. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. For whom does God withhold his grace? He withholds it from the proud. Who are the proud? Those who seek to go through life in their own strength. God has to deal with Naaman's pride before he can deal with his leprosy. Naaman's pride had to be exposed before he was able to receive God's abounding grace. Could this be our stumbling block? God had to deal with Naaman. And are we standing before the muddy water of our Jordan? Naaman was laid bare, helpless, but he still resisted. He devised his own plan to dip, his own, to dip in his own clean river. He refused God. There can only be one outcome when we arm wrestle with God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will be saved. But simple faith sometimes is too humbling. It's too simple. I want it, but it's on my terms. Washing was not the the issue, obedience was. We can be so self-willed, our egos, our reasoning, our own experience and our Desires, we want things our own way. We want to be spiritual on our terms. We want the church to operate in our way. The list goes on. No, we must submit to God's way. Thy will be done. See, Satan first appealed to to Naaman's reasoning. He said, This is unreasonable. If bathing is the cure for leprosy, there's far better rivers than the Jordan. Satan played on Naaman's pride. He somehow had been mistreated. Naaman was sent to a lowly dwelling of a prophet who did not even come out to meet him. And then he was dispatched to wash in a muddy river. Naaman turned away in rage and it seemed Satan had won. You know, there's a battle raging this morning. 
around you. And God's ultimate will for your life. And the high calling he has for you. And it's a real battle. But hallelujah, God didn't give up. Such is his great grace towards us this morning. God used other insignificant people. It was Naaman's own servants who interject. My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you have not done it? How much more than when he tells you to wash and be cleansed? But for these servants of God, Naaman would have walked. Hallelujah. Praise God for slave girls and servants. They became the mouthpiece of God. God's word to us today is, let the man come. Go dip yourself in the grace of God. For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. This is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Isaiah 55, come, purchase without money and without price. How do we do that? How do we receive from God? How do we somehow the, the butt in your life? How long do we have to carry it? The answer is by faith. The way of faith is the way of humility. The way of faith is the way of laying down myself, my self-worth, my human ability, my self-reliance, and stand naked of these things in the river of God's grace. Will you come? Will you come? I assume that Naaman took off the evidences of status before entering the Jordan. Hallelujah. Naaman did it. It says, so he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Glory to God. Naaman became a new man through faith in the God of Elisha. Hallelujah. So can you, and so can I this morning. It's just grace. Naaman goes back to Elisha and says, would you take something for it? Would you receive a gift? Elisha says, I will receive nothing. This is grace. It's totally of God. Humbling.
great grace that would not allow him to return, that would allow him to return home. The grace would allow him not to be compromised by the king of Aaron's pagan worship. Grace that would allow him to take the soil of Israel back into an unclean foreign land. That somehow he would carry the holiness of God with him. Great grace. And Elisha's parting words, did you note them? Go in peace. Naaman came with strife and he went home with peace. Hallelujah. He did nothing but obey. And God did everything. Changed inside. Now born anew as a child of God, changed on the outside from the ravages of leprosy. Leprosy no longer determined his identity, but one who'd received the grace of God. Hallelujah. God does not want you to leave the way you came with the butler you carried. But he is greater. But he loves you. But his grace is sufficient. Simply respond to his call and come just as you are. Just as you are. And your butt will come face to face with a greater butt. But God... I'm going to pray and we're going to hand back to Oliver and a little later on during the ministry time. Maybe we'll have a, a chance to, for God to touch us afresh. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the reality that we all know the buts, God. We always, many of us know, Father, the great grace of God. But I pray, Father, that you know, you know what you want to do in our lives. And I pray, Father, it would have been a tragedy if Naaman had returned the way it came. He almost did. But for your unrelenting love. Father, may we be changed. May you do a miracle in our lives, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.